Okay, so how are you doing this evening? How are you doing? Uh, occasionally, us Brits are kind of laughed at because of that question, aren't we? Um, we use it almost as a way of introducing ourselves sometimes, of saying hello. Uh, how are you doing? How's it going? And it sounds insincere a lot of the time. Now, well, this evening, I don't mean it like that. I really am asking, uh, how are you doing? How is it going with you at this point in time? For many of us, if we're honest about things, it's not going great, is it? Uh, lots of us are kind of worried about uh, our future. We're worried, some of us, about finances, are we? Some of us are worried about family, our patience with family, and the health of our family. Lots of us are worried about feeling alone. Well, this evening, what I want us to do just for a few minutes together is to consider John chapter 14. And uh, let me tell you why. Because here at the start of the chapter, what Jesus does is he brings comfort to his anxious people. Okay, maybe you noticed, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Jesus provides comfort, he brings comfort. How? Well, partly what he does is he points his people ahead and he points them to their heavenly home. And so I want us just now to consider that, to look at that. After all, I'm sure you'd agree with me, we don't learn all that much about heaven in the Bible, do we? We don't know all that much about our future home. We know it is described in some places as a city and it's a country and we know it's a place absent of pain and tears and suffering and so forth. But beyond that, we don't know all that much. So tonight, if we've got a description here and if this description is intended to bring peace to troubled souls, then what better thing could we do on our Sunday night than to consider Jesus' words? And I really just want to highlight three things that we learn here. Okay, the first is this. We learn first that heaven is a father's home. Heaven is a father's home. Indeed, just uh, read the beginning of the chapter with me. Do you, do you see what Jesus says? He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And then he goes on to, goes into describing heaven and he says, in my father's house, in my father's house. Now when we think of a father's home, what is it that, that springs to mind? Probably for most of us, father's home, we kind of think about the house we grew up in, our childhood, our family home, right? We think about that. That's not really the idea here at all. Perhaps you noticed that unlike the Lord's Prayer, here Jesus doesn't speak about our Father in heaven. He, he says, specifically, he says, my Father, that the focus of this is on Christ himself. That's actually really important. You see, what we have to appreciate is that in the first century world, it was very common for a family home to be extended. Do, do you see the idea? Do you follow? What would happen is that if a family had sons, the sons would grow up, they would leave, get a job, they would secure a wife, and then they would come back to the original home. They would extend it. You see the idea? They would add on to that original building, make space for themselves, for their new wife, for the children that were to come. Do you see the norm would be extended households together? And when you recognise that and you view 
these words in that light, isn't it? Lovely, isn't it? Think about what Christ Jesus has done. Think of it. In the incarnation, Jesus has left his father's right hand, hasn't he, to come amongst us? What has Christ then done? Hmm? Through his sinless life, through his atoning death, through his resurrection, the Lord Jesus Christ has then secured for himself a spouse. <laughs> it's by the church. And what is it that Christ is doing here? He is speaking of that time where he will come to get the bride, to take his bride back, to live with him in that household, in his father's house. It is an amazing thought, isn't it? Especially so for us just now in this lockdown. A time when so many of us are feeling really isolated and alone. What are we being reminded of here? We are, as Christians, part of a family. More than that, you, Christian friend, are part of, you are a member of the very household of Almighty God. And as such, soon will be the time that Christ Jesus, the great bridegroom of the church, he will take us and bring us to a new home. He will take us across the threshold of a family home. There's a time coming, very soon, when we will know the intimacy, the warmth, the community, the fellowship, the security of the very household of Almighty God. So listen, you see it's a father's home is heaven. The second thing I want us to notice here is that heaven is also a spacious home. It is a spacious home. And you actually see that if you read on, do you not? Because Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. He starts to speak of heaven in your father's house are, and then he says this, he says, in your father's house are many rooms, many rooms. Now, some of you will probably be more uh, familiar with that verse in a different translation, right? You know it in the King James, maybe. In my father's house are many mansions. Does that ring a bell? That's certainly how I remember it growing up. But that's, can, that's from the Latin, that is from the Vulgate. And it doesn't really, it's a bit confusing to the modern mind. So it's definitely better to think about it in terms of, in my father's house are many rooms. But then what does that mean? <laughs> like, what is Jesus telling us about heaven there? Well, I think part of it is to do with the idea of permanence. Permanence? That makes sense to you, does it? Like, think about it. Jesus doesn't speak of heaven and say, in my father's tent or in my father's tabernacle. It's in my father's house. That idea of security, of settledness. And you've got to understand as well that this word, the word behind this term room, the word also has that same sort of thrust, the same idea. It's not like as it is for so many of us in London, you know? We have to move between flat to flat or apartment to apartment, house to house. It's not like that. No, no, no. We one day are going to live with God in an eternally settled, fixed abode. Permanence. So that's part of it. But actually, the main idea here is the idea of space in heaven. Space. Um, a wee while ago, um, my wife and I went in the days where you could travel. Do you remember those days? Uh, my wife and I, we uh, took a short trip to uh, the Spanish city of Seville. And uh, yeah, we managed to get babysitters and just went away for a few days. And when we arrived, after sort of wandering the streets of Seville for a while, uh, eventually we found the accommodation that we had booked. 
and we couldn't believe our eyes. You know, we arrived and it was this uh, just traditional type Spanish villa in the centre of Seville. And it was just beautiful. Like, you know, the sort of thing, it's built around a central courtyard, lovely trees and a fountain in the centre. thing about it was that it was massive. Like, it's an enormous building. It wasn't, like, owned by just one bloke. It had been sort of broken up into various different apartments, and they were all beautiful and ornate and, and grand. It's a lovely place. Now, if you can picture that, I'm sure you can, can you? If you can picture it, then you get an idea, I think, of how the first disciples would have understood Jesus' words here. Because as Jesus says, in my father's house, is a house with many rooms, I reckon it would have immediately conjured up for the disciples visions of the sort of grand Herodian palaces of the first century world. You know, the sorts of things he's like, opulent glorious, enormous sort of palatial homes in Jericho and Jerusalem. And you know the sort of idea, similar to how I've just described a place in, in Spain. You know, beautiful places around a courtyard. And, you know, huge big umbrella pines for shade in the Middle Eastern heat and water features. And what's the critical detail? All these Herodian palaces, room after room, after room, after room, after room, after room. Do you see the point? Do you see what's going on? To these confused disciples, people wondering whether or not they're going to continue in Jesus' plans or not. What does Jesus do? He speaks of a vast heavenly home, an enormous palatial heavenly abode, a home quite simply that has more than enough space for all the redeemed of God. And that is, is it not good news for you this evening, good news for me? You think about it for a second, though at this point in lockdown we kind of feel cooped up, right? Some of us can feel claustrophobic, some of us think we're going to stir crazy, Staring at the same four walls, what do we know? We know won't always, it won't always be like this. Before us in John's Gospel is not just a description of a heavenly home. Before us is a description of a heavenly home that in Christ we are assured it has more than enough room for us. In Christ in heaven there is more than enough room for you. So we see that heaven is a father's home and it is a spacious home. Then the third thing, the last thing, I want us to note that heaven is, and heaven is a saviour's home as well. A saviour's home. Now there's been a, a lot of talk this week, hasn't there, about the absence or apparent absence of a, a governmental exit strategy. Uh, for this lockdown. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not making comment whether that's legitimate criticism or not, but there's been a lot of talk about the lack of a plan. Well, as we look at John 14, what we're seeing surely is not only does God have an exit strategy for us 
in this life, but we're seeing that it is an amazing and awesome plan. Come on, Christian friend, you're with me, are you not? Think of it, we've got heaven ahead of us. We've got a heavenly home. We, we, we dwell with it, Almighty, a vast and glorious palatial eternal residence. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? But I do think there is one detail remaining that actually transcends, or there is, it trumps the rest. It is a detail that should excite the Christian's soul. See, you may have noticed, I hope you did, that Jesus here speaks of one reason for his return. He tells us about a purpose in the second coming. Look at these words with me. He says, I will come again. And then listen. Jesus says, I will come again. I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also, my friend, Christian friend, you, you, you see it, don't you? Why heaven is such an incredible and a special place? It's not just that it's vast, it's not just that it's palatial. Why is it so special for us? Because there, you Christian friend, me, we will dwell with Christ himself. We will live with Jesus. And I want you tonight, especially if you're anxious and you're worried, and you're a Christian, I want you to consider that just for a moment. We don't know who else for sure we're going to see in heaven. We do know that our eyes will see our Lord. We do know that the experience of the believer will be a constant intimacy indeed, a growing intimacy with Jesus. Can, can, can you imagine that just for a second? You are going to speak to Jesus and you are going to have him speak to you. You are going to learn of Jesus, from Jesus. You are going to sit with Jesus. You are going to sing to Jesus in songs of wonder and songs of praise. And so I guess I've got to end this tonight with a challenge. At this point, as I'm speaking to you, we know that the Lord Christ is preparing a place for his people in heaven. So my challenge, my question is simply, is he preparing a place for you? Is he? Like at this point in John's gospel, Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's about to bear the sins of all the people who will trust in him for forgiveness. Are you? Counted amongst that number, are you? Like it's just sitting there this evening. It's just sit here right now. Are you bound for, as it stands, bound for an eternity in hell? Or are you bound for this eternity in heaven? Which is it, friends? If it is the latter, I am sure this evening you agree with me, don't you? <laughs> the Christ cure for a worried soul. The cure works, doesn't it? What a remedy he gives us, his remedy. To look to him, it works. To look to him and to look also to that future that lies ahead of us. Oh, think on it, Christian friend. If you're worried, dwell on it. We have a future for we will live forevermore, from now until forever, we will live and live with Christ Jesus. Friends, would you join me as we pray? Gracious God, Heavenly Father, we pray to you. We thank you for your 
providential care, your love uh, for us. We ask, Lord God, that you would uh, help us during this lockdown. And we pray that you would help us at this time where we are unable uh, to see and to be with the rest of the body of Christ, a time where we miss our friends and Christian family. Help us. Uh, but we ask that you would help us to raise our eyes uh, to the horizon and to remember what lies ahead of us. And we do thank you that it is a glorious hope that we have as your people. Oh, to be a Christian is a beautiful and marvellous thing for us. We thank you uh, that one day, surely soon, our eyes shall see Jesus Christ. And we will live with you in intimacy, in your household, and do so for evermore. We thank you that, in a very real sense, that has already begun, that we are raised already with Christ Jesus. And so we do look to you with praise, with wonder, with gratitude. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.